Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Mind your business only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to the breakfast show with me, Ryan Huang. Our weekly chat every Monday with AC Suite is a bit of a personality behind the scenes look. And today's C Suite leader is a lawyer by profession. And she was a senior legal counsel for JTC Corporation. Despite her legal background, she discovered that being a lawyer was not her true calling. But being passionate about the English language, she knew teaching was also not her desired path. So she's quite entrepreneurial. She started her own consulting and services business in 2008 during the Asian financial crisis. And throughout her career, she has embarked on a quest to find her genuine passion, constantly seeking out what truly resonates with her until she eventually discovered her place where she stands today. Today, she has over 20 years experience at CEO and board levels and has a well-established track record of leading and implementing large-scale performance improvement programs to grow business leaders. And guess what? She looks up to Elon Musk and Michelle Obama as role models and also credits a couple of mentors for how they have shaped her career and mindset. So let's invite Sarah Eek, Chief Human Capital Officer for the SIM or Singapore Institute of Management. Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi, Ryan. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's great having you on. So let's talk about what has shaped your career thus far. And we talked about Elon Musk and Michelle Obama earlier on. We'll get to that later. I understand you left the legal industry and joined McKinsey, where you actually met a mentor. And this mentor helped shape your approach towards your career and leadership style. Give us an idea what happened and how that changed your career trajectory. Okay, sure. So as you were saying, I started uh, my career as a lawyer and I was in-house legal counsel for JTCI. I really enjoyed the business and management aspects of the job as I was working very closely with the CEO and CFO on regional business negotiations and working with our joint venture partners. So instead of going back to school, I decided to learn on the job and thought that management consulting would be the best place to learn. So I joined uh, McKinsey. And uh, when I was still a first-year associate, I met Sun who was then the head of McKinsey Southeast Asia and one of the leadership gurus mm. of the firm. I remember we had a chat after a client meeting and he was asking me about organizations and people. I didn't know it then, but he was giving me his test pop quiz on organizational consulting. And after that, he told me, you have the instincts of a good organization consultant. And I honestly didn't have a clue what it meant at the time. But he became my mentor and really invested in teaching and giving opportunities to young consultants like me. I remember once when I was still a young associate, he gave me the opportunity to present uh, to one of the top CEOs in Singapore. And he said, don't worry, I'll be there to fix any mistakes you make. And at the taxi ride back to office, he gave me real-time feedback on what I'd done well and where could I improve. So with this guidance and advice and opportunity, you know, I really developed and eventually became one of the leaders of the organization mm. practice and one of the founders of the McKinsey Center for Asian Leadership. And we did co-author a McKinsey quarterly article, Leadership as a Starting Point of Strategy. It's something that I, I really treasure. So he set a good example for the type of leader I want to be, focusing on developing people at the same time as delivering business results, seeing their potential, giving them opportunities to step up, coaching them and letting them learn from mistakes. And those seven years at McKinsey were really invaluable. I learned how to be analytical, team-oriented, how to engage stakeholders, and really build my networks with amazing people. Yeah, so a mentor that gave you the chance to grow and also gave you important feedback, timely feedback as well, uh, that was also crucial. And then 
Fast forward three years after you left McKinsey in 2008, you met another important mentor, Lou Tice. He is the founder of the Seattle-based Pacific Institute and also a self-help mentor to several generations of coaches and athletes. What were some of the valuable lessons here that you learned from him that other people could maybe learn as they listen to you right now? Sure. So, as you said, Lou Tice, uh, I met in 2008 after leaving McKinsey, and uh, he taught me how to go after my dreams and not be limited by self-imposed restrictions, set the goal based on what I want and create the path to get there. And Lou had a great personal life story. He came from a really humble background, grew up during World War II, and was a teacher and high school football coach in Seattle in the U.S. And he was studying for his master's in mental health education and learned about the science of cognitive psychology, how to think in the right way. And he took the research and made it into a practical course with very easy to understand and apply concepts and tools. First, he tried it on his football team with great success. And then their parents started asking him, say, hey, can you share this with our companies? And his education has spread to millions of people around the world, over 60 countries and 20 languages. And I loved it because it was the first time I'd come across a program that teaches people how to think in the right ways to overcome setbacks and achieve their goals. And he was so successful and yet such a humble and generous person. When I said I wanted to bring his education to Singapore and asked him if he could come and speak at an event to launch it, he said sure and flew over on his own dime. And he once brought his whole team from around the world together to do the vision board and he flew us to a retreat in his private plane and he served us lunch on board. And mm. he once asked me what my goal was, how successful I wanted to be. After I shared it, he just told me, Sarah, add a zero. Wow, what this meant was I need to really dream bigger. It means that I can't just do the same things faster or better. It means doing it completely differently and bringing the right people into the team. And I think Google may have nicked this because uh, they've got this famous saying, think 10x as the core tenet of the innovation mindset. It's the same thing. Unfortunately, he passed in 2012, so I didn't have much time to learn from him as I would have wanted. So what he taught me is think in ideal. He'd say, set the goal find the people you need. So if I get bogged down firefighting or dealing with problems, I just step back and ask, so what would be ideal? And that really completely shifts my mindset from the problem to the goal and figure out how to get there. He also taught me not to be defined by failures or setbacks. You know, many of us, when things go right, we say, oh, that was just luck. But when things go wrong, we say, I'm not good at this. I'm not going to try this again. He taught me to persist and not give up on my dreams and tell myself, the next time, what am I going to do different? What am I going to do better? So since 2008, I've let my own company for more than 10 years doing projects that sometimes coming up with different things that have never been done before. I work with different people in new industries, countries and business challenges, even taking on this role in the SIM. I keep the end goal in mind and learn the skills and bring the people together to get to the destination. One thing he said to me, your thoughts create your reality, so choose them wisely. Yeah, Sarah, I think it's a great motivation coming through from these mentors as, as well that you just outlined. And I'm just wondering, it's great to dream big, but it's good to have a vision, but also it's important to have the plan, right? We can all dream big, but if we don't go through with it and follow up with it, we are not going to get there. We don't have the steps we need to take to get there. So when you talk to your staff, for example, how do you inspire them to be on board the same direction as you? Absolutely. I think, Ryan, that's a great point, right? Your vision can be three to five years out, but you need to start today. So what is going to be your one-year plan? What is going to be your 30-day plan? What is the first step that you're going to take to get there? 
So when I talk to my staff, you know, I talk to them and say, what is it that you're excited about? What do you really want to become in the long term? And we say, okay, if that's where you want to get to, what are you going to do in your job today to mm. learn some of the skills uh, that you need to get to? What are some of the experiences you need? And I try and find them an opportunity to do that, maybe to work on a project that's in line with what they want to do. Or think about what is the next step in the career that, that they need to plan for. And we have our own uh, learning and training academy, learning at SIM, where we profiled uh, every job in our organization, identified all the skills, be it functional or cognitive, and even thinking about complexity. And then they profile themselves and based on the gaps, identify, you know, what are the training programs that they want to go for? So they can see, mm. okay, this is where I am today. What is the next step? What is the next role? And what are the skills required there? And how do I need to prepare now for those skills? Or hey, maybe I want to move to another path. What are the skills there? Do I have the skills that it takes to get there? Or if I don't, what do I need to do to develop myself? All right. Well, in conversation with Sarah Eek, she is the Chief Human Capital Officer for the Singapore Institute of Management. Now, we talk about mentors. Now, let's talk about role models. Two people that you look up to, they include Elon Musk and Michelle Obama. Sarah, how has their work impacted you? When I think about Elon Musk, he is quite a controversial um, person. <laughs> yes, right. I know um, this might not be a popular choice. He's done a lot of things that uh, might be controversial. For example, his recent acquisition of Twitter and what he's done there. But honestly, he inspires me because he's hugely visionary. He's a repeat entrepreneur and he built real things that bring us into the future. Mm. And what do I mean by that? He's a repeat entrepreneur. He's made money from his investments in the past, such as PayPal. He's taken that and reinvested it in new ventures over and over again. He built real stuff, cars like Tesla, spaceships, SpaceX, tunneling technology, the boring company, and neurotechnology, very diverse. He's incredibly visionary and sets super ambitious goals, things which people might think are not possible, but he just methodically keeps moving forward one step at a time. So we take Tesla. It's the first battery-powered car that is commercially viable. SpaceX, we all know about that. It is the first rocket that is fully recyclable. Mm. So that dramatically brings down the cost of space travel and makes it commercially viable, right? So Elon Musk is a big dreamer. I'm just wondering, he has this other part of him where he is quite a workaholic. So uh, there's this dynamic that's interesting these days where you have, you know, in your team, maybe different people with different work inclinations. Some people want to reply to your email in five minutes' time. Some people are okay to wait until the end of the day. So when you have, you know, these type of personalities on your team, how do you balance it? For example, if your boss wants you to reply earlier in the day, but you say, you know, it's not that urgent, how do you have that, you know, management of conflict? Yeah, I think uh, that's a very important topic, Ryan. So we do have flexible work arrangements here. So where we uh, have days where staff come to work or can work from home based on what they need. Uh, we try and respect people's time outside of work. So on Fridays, we have imposed no meeting Fridays because mm. I think during the pandemic, people just sit at home and do one meeting after another and it's exhausting and they don't know when to turn off. So we said, hey guys, you know, uh, we need a day where people can step back and think. And uh, we talked about this, people sending emails late at night. What we decided, and this started from uh, our CEO himself, he says, right, I'm not going to send emails after, I think, a certain time, 6 o'clock or before 8 a.m. And even if I do, don't feel obliged to respond to it. And that is what we try and instill throughout our organization. Okay, so lead by example and also give clear direction seems to be a message here. Now, talking about mentors, how would you advise young people who are looking for mentors? Where do they find them? And of course, how do you convince someone to be a mentor. 
Yeah, I think mentors are so important. I mean, that's from my personal experience because I wouldn't be here without them. Uh, what's the value of mentors? From my experience, they see the potential in you, sometimes before you even see it yourself, and they give you the courage and support to, to achieve it. And uh, they are a great sounding board at critical career or life stages where you say, do I go direction A or direction B? And they can share their perspectives because they know you. Uh, and they can share the benefit of their own experience. And of course, they expand your networks with their networks and opportunities. So what do I say to young people? I say, what are you waiting for? Go find a mentor. Just look for someone around you to see if anyone has had an interesting life journey or ideas or pursuits that really intrigue you. Mm. Um, you don't have to go up to them and say, hey, would you like to be my mentor? But just start a conversation. Ask them a question or two. And uh, older people who are successful most often love to engage with younger people, share their experience and support them, and then build a relationship and eventually say, hey, you know, I regard you as a mentor. Thank you. Because mentorship is, is a relationship. It's two-way. You need chemistry as well. But just take the first step. Yeah. So if you're looking for a mentor, maybe you can reach out to Sarah here. She has been in conversation with us. Sarah E, Chief Human Capital Officer for the Singapore Institute of Management. Sarah, thanks for your time this morning. Thank you so much, Ryan. Have a good day. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.